BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reason Sports Network. Make sure to check out fivereasonsports.com. That's our website where you can find all of our podcasts for free. Also, all of our articles, our columns, our merchandise, our YouTube channel. It is all there. So make sure that you check that out. Again, it's fivereasonsports.com. Make sure that you spell it out. Also, check out our great sponsors. One of them is Gonzalez and Tybor. That's a law firm, and they specialize in bankruptcy. You can find them at bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. Again, that's bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. They represent clients in South Florida, but also in Orlando, Tampa, Fort Myers, and around the state. And they, have, they, have, they make consultations available to you via telephone or video conference. Obviously, difficult to get together with people in person. In these days, they will do it by telephone 954 678 8354. That's 954 678 8354 or by video conference. Here's the thing about bankruptcy a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but it's one of the few laws that exists to actually help consumers. And the new Stimulus Act that was just passed, they made some important changes to the bankruptcy laws. So it is important to have a lawyer explain those changes to you. Don't try to figure it out on your own. They also have payment plans and they've got little to no upfront fees and they can help you or anyone you know. So if you're lucky enough to make it through COVID-19 with no financial problems, chances are you know someone who is not that lucky. Gonzalez and Tybor can help even before the pandemic. As we found out, a lot of people were carrying a lot of debt and living paycheck to paycheck. Bankruptcy can provide an opportunity to start fresh. It does not ruin your credit. In fact, it can increase your credit by 100 to 150 points on the credit score within a year of filing. So check it out. Bankruptcy is good for you.com, the Gonzalez and Tybor Law Firm. Again, the phone number 954 678 8354. 954 678 8354. And an attorney will answer your call. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954, brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. 
All right, Ethan Skolnick back. I've got Alex Toledo. It is late on a Sunday night. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. A couple more minutes left in that. Also, there were a couple more minutes left to get 10% off on 5 com on all our T-shirts. So hopefully you got a chance to do that using the code 5RSHIRTS. We'll run another special here in the next couple of weeks. But if you want those shirts, get in the queue now because obviously everything's a little bit backed up because of COVID. All right, now, Alex, you did not get a chance to watch episode seven and eight of the last dance tonight. I don't think it's really necessary for the purposes of this episode, but you are caught up through six, correct? Mm-hmm. And don't worry, I will definitely be caught up probably as soon as this podcast is over. <laughs> That's right. You, your hours. I've been eating it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> your hours are a little different than mine. All right. Well, here's what we're going to focus on today. I have said that I do not want to do the LeBron Jordan thing from a basketball perspective. It just doesn't interest me. It's, it's too hard to compare players from two different eras I you know again I had a front row seat to LeBron for four years down here home and road I was with him all the time when he was in Miami obviously didn't have that with Jordan but Jordan is my entire childhood I mean that is Jordan is the I was a Nick fan Jordan and then I came down here and started following the heat Jordan is the person you feared um, Jordan is the greatest athlete I've ever witnessed in person my interact I've had interactions with Jordan but not to anywhere near the degree that I had in, in interactions with LeBron many of those interactions with LeBron were one-on-ones but so Alex what I want to talk to you about today because you have a different perspective of this because you're less than half my age is the personality difference between the two of them because I think that is the thing that hasn't gotten talked about quite enough and I thought that there were a lot of things that happened in tonight's episodes, which I'll clue you in on, which play into this. Basically, these two episodes gave you a glimpse into Jordan's personality, I think, more than the others in terms of the way that he treated teammates and opponents. And one of the things that's going to get the most play, other than the Steve Kerr story, which you're familiar with the Steve Kerr story, correct? Oh, who isn't? Okay. So Steve Kerr basically went at him at a practice. Um, He ended up calling Steve Kerr to apologize afterwards and Kerr earned his respect. So that's one of them. There's another story about LeBradford Smith, which is a famous, famous story, which was he was a guard out of Louisville, sort of like the best guard who came out of Louisville before, I don't know, Donovan Mitchell. And uh, he was a guard out of Louisville, supposed to be really good. He was a rookie on the Wizards and he scored 37 against Jordan in a game. And the myth was, although it was believed to be true for a long time, that he said something to Jordan after that game that was nice game, Mike. And then they played this one. Yeah. And then they played the next night. And when they played the next night, Jordan had 36 in the first half. Um, And it wasn't until years later that Jordan admitted that that never happened. The Bradford Smith never said that to him, but he tore him a new one anyway. Um, and it reminded me of when Zach Thomas used to say to us when we were covering him, stop writing nice things about me, write that I suck, because he was trying to create slights. And Dwayne Wade did that throughout the course of his career, right? It was always about, you know, my belief is stronger than your doubt, right? That's pulled directly from a Jordan-type mentality. So there was that. But the scene I think that's going to get the most play, particularly if you're a Heat fan, because Gary Pay- Payton played for the Heat. And I know some of this was leaked on Twitter the past couple of days. But there's basically, if you're not familiar with what happened in the finals between Seattle and Chicago, Seattle had a really good team, but George Carl did two things wrong in that series. The first thing he did wrong was, oh, he's, a fe- he's, well, he's a fellow Carolina guy, but he, Ahmad Rashad was out to dinner with Jordan and George Carl didn't stop at their table. And so there's like a three-minute scene tonight with Jordan talking about how he – 
couldn't believe that, and he decided that he was going to make George Carl's life miserable. You would think the finals would be enough to do that, but he needed additional slights. So he went to George Carl. And the other thing was that George Carl refused to put Gary Payton on the defensive player of the year on Michael Jordan until game four mm-hmm. when the Bulls were already ahead three nothing because he wanted Gary to focus on offense more than defense. And then Gary, if you look at the numbers, Gary made Michael's life kind of difficult and they, they showed the games tonight in games four and five and Michael struggled in both games and, and the, the Sonics won both games to make it three, two, that the thing became a series and so there's this big thing with GP, and if you know GP at all, you know, he likes to talk. And GP basically said that he was wearing Michael out, that he was sort of older than, he made him work, and, there's, and that Michael just laughs at him. Like they show Michael, like they showed him the Isaiah Thomas stuff last week. They show him the iPad, this poor oh, iPad. Oh, man. And he's just like, I had no problems with the glove. And he's got this <laughs> belly laugh. Okay? Uh, I saw that. Com- I saw that uh, they, had, they had put that clip like as a promo to this one. Yes, that made it all over the place. And he's just, it, but it goes even longer, the episode. And it's just this belly laugh. And again, you have to think of who Gary Payton was. Like Gary Payton was, and this was a great line put on Twitter I mean, tonight. I retweeted, Gary Payton is who pa- Pat Beverly wishes he was. Uh, Gary who he thinks he is who he thinks he is like GP was the lead instigator during that time but not only was he an instigator he was great he was great he was a great defender he was a very very good offensive player I never felt he was as good as as Hardaway and Hardaway's prime but he was close in my view but a much better defender like GP was you can make the case that after Magic GP was right there as the best point guard in the NBA. Like uh, you, you like GP or you like John Stockton. That's pretty much where it was. And then Jason Kidd came after that. Uh, you know, he post Isaiah. Uh, GP to me is an all-time top ten point guard. And Michael basically just belittled him, just belittles him. And this to me gets to the core difference between LeBron and Michael. And I think something had, this is where I want to bring you in because I think some of this has to do with their respective eras. Okay. Michael wanted to be feared. LeBron wanted to be liked, wants to be liked. And to me, that's where, when you look at the two of them, I'm not sure that their respective approaches would have worked as well in the other era, in the era they were not in. And I'll give one story and then I want to bring you in on this. I remember I was in Orlando for All-Star Weekend, and I was fortunate enough that basically everybody left. LeBron had an event, like a Boys and Girls Club event, that was outdoors. He used to do a lot of these indoors at All-Star Weekend. But he had one that was outdoors on a field, and it was sort of sparsely attended. There weren't that much of us media members there. And so I had asked for a little time with LeBron, and so I walked off alone with LeBron from this field all the way across, he had one of his media guys there who knew me, but all the way across, and I just, I, t- I said, I just had a couple questions. And he was having this great season. I think it was the 12-13 season, okay? Or no, I'm sorry, it was the 11-12 season, I think. Whatever you were in Orlando, probably 12. And I said to LeBron, I said, you know, you're having this great year. I said, Has, have any of the all-time greats come over to you this weekend and complimented you? And he looks at me and he goes, Ethan, am I intimidating? Like he looks down and I'm now I'm intimidated because Alex, because I'm like, I don't, why is he asking me this question? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, he's like, am I intimidating? And I said, no, I said, no. And he goes, 
why does nobody ever come up to me? And I could tell, like, it bothered him that, like, the greats of the game, who he's always revered, never acted that way with him. And the one that bothered him the most was MJ. And I think you saw that because MJ never embraced him the way he embraced Kobe. Never. And, and if you look at the, the Charlotte series, when Miami swept Charlotte, it was really meaningful, I think, for LeBron to have that moment on the court with him. You remember that at the end of that series? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he was always trying to earn Jordan's respect. And even tonight, the debate is going on about who's better, and LeBron is sitting there gushing over Jordan on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> go, go to the King James account. Mm-hmm. Michael would never do that about LeBron, ever. Like, would never give him – like, could you imagine Michael watching an, a LeBron documentary and praising LeBron? Oh, and to me, that's, that's the difference. LeBron wants to be liked by everybody, even those who don't like him. MJ didn't want to be liked by those who already did like him. It's a total difference, and I think it plays into the age. I think some of the stuff that Michael did, the berating of the teammates and all that – it would have leaked on social media if there was social media. And I think in this era, it would be looked down upon like Jimmy Butler was looked down upon, Mm -hmm. right. For going to teammates. Whereas I think, so I don't think it would have worked as well. Whereas LeBron goes back to that era tweeting fit in or fit out. Well, there wouldn't no tweeting, but you know, the stuff he did with Kevin love, the stuff he did with Kyrie. I don't think that would have played either. I think they were both perfect for the era that they were in personality wise. Yeah, I think that's uh, 100% fair, everything you said there. Uh, I'm of the mind that I think it has more it's, – it's, it's less coincidental of, you know, of what you said, that it's, that it's less good timing that LeBron ended up in this era and not the 90s and, and, and vice versa. I think they're, they're direct byproducts of their own era. I think not that Jordan would be like LeBron necessarily if, if, he, if he had played in this era. But, you know, I think guys who – who grew up in in this generation of time are just going to be naturally different. And, and the way they came up is different than how it was back then. The, the bigger point to me is something that uh, you had said to, you had said to me in a text is that Jordan would tear up LeBron mentally. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting way to put it. Like if they had both played together at the same time, not together as in on the same team, but in, in the league at the same time, that's an interesting one. I think that's where the personality thing is really like, that's where the starkest difference is, right? Where, like you said, LeBron looks up to Jordan so much that it's like, he could never, it's like, would, would he ever be able to like mentally check him? Probably not. <laughs> right. Well, Kobe could see, see, this is the difference. Okay. And, and again, I, you know, it all feels weird talking about Kobe now, you know, you know, after his passing, but, but this was why Kobe was the more natural descendant to Jordan, mm-hmm. and not just because he had the same turnaround jumper and the same mannerisms, but this, the more natural successor to Jordan than, uh, than anybody else, than Vince Carter was, than LeBron, than Grant Hill, any of the guys who got named after. Because cause Kobe had that thing where he could take it and then dish it out. With LeBron, it's always been awkward. Um, you know, we all talk about that one game, right, in Boston, the game six, mm-hmm. which was he channeled that inner Jordan. 
But how many times did Michael do it? It, it stuck out with LeBron, not because he wasn't – I think LeBron is a more skilled overall player than Michael was, okay? I mean, he's a better passer than Michael was. Uh, he's, I mean, as a defender, Michael could be tenacious, no question about it. Uh, more versatile as a defender, for sure. More versatile as a defender. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, just a size thing, slightly better rebounder, uh, although Michael was a very good rebounder. Um, LeBron became is actually a better long-range shooter than Michael was, although I think that might have changed if Michael played in this era. But, mm-hmm. but the difference to me is, is mentality. Is LeBron had those moments, but the killer is not in him. It, he had to summon a killer. Like, that's why we talk about that in Game 6 in Boston. With Michael, yeah. it was just natural. Like, Michael would in, in, like, invent slights to piss himself off more, whereas LeBron would brush off slights. Like, who did LeBron go at when he was in Miami? Reggie Evans. Okay. Like I remember being in New, New Jersey when the Nets were still in Jersey and Reggie Evans made this, I didn't get to net shoot around, but I was at heat shoot around and Reggie Evans made this off the cuff, you know, oh, yeah. comment about how it deserved an asterisk, right? The heat championship deserved an asterisk the previous year because it was a lockout shortened season. Yeah. And, and LeBron basically waited the entire game and then, He's sitting there staring at the stat sheet in front of us with his feet in ice in the locker room and says, hmm, Reggie Evans, <laughs> how many offensive rebounds did he have tonight? And I'm like, okay, that was a Jordan-esque moment, but it was Reggie Evans. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. the type of guy. And, again, I'm getting a lot of this on Twitter when I posted this tonight. You know, a couple things. What would Jordan have done if – we saw it from LeBron a little bit in the 2011 series against Chicago. But what would Jordan have done if an MVP was taken from him the way that Derrick Rose was? I mean, we saw what he did to Barkley in the finals, right? We right saw what up. he did to Karl Malone, right? Well, okay. got to, to be fair to LeBron, uh, they, they beat the Bulls in five games that same season. but They did. But no, your it, point is well taken. I think the, the, the mentality thing, it's such... Like, it- this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's such a stark difference. 
And Kobe really is the the comparison to be made here, right? Like those are the guys who are relentlessly about basketball and nothing else. They don't care about how, you know, they're perceived by their peers as far as personality and, and, and wanting to be liked. Like you said, I don't think Jordan had really had any of that at all. He was very reserved. And, you know, people around him seem to like him and seem to think he's cool. But everybody else who doesn't really know him, uh, he's kind of looked at as an asshole who's just at the, the, the you know, the greatest athlete ever. So mm-hmm. I, I think you're right about the era thing. And I think you're right that Jordan would prob- probably would tear up LeBron if, if they were to have played at the same time. I do think, though, that even with the personality, personality stuff, LeBron being right there with Jordan is kind of incredible. I was thinking about this last week. You know, he did it. He never he didn't get seven years with somebody being groomed right next to him in Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. A, a, like mm-hmm. a Scottie Pippen being groomed next to him, same timeline. Uh, imagine if like he had Wade, let's say from like 2007 mm-hmm. instead of 2010, that it would have been a little bit more equal. And I think like without. This this conversation might actually be even more interesting than it already was because of little factors like that. Like their 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 personality difference is so stark. The the way that their careers played out, even though they both didn't win until their seventh or eighth year, is actually very different. And I think there's so many different factors. The fact that you know the the game has changed so much since what what the '90s were like and what it is now, uh, it's an almost impossible conversation to have. Well, I think that LeBron gets criticized for seeking help, right? And the reality is Michael didn't really have to seek help, you know, nope. because, because and a lot of that was because of Jerry Krause, which, you know, Jerry Krause is the villain of all of this, but he also is the guy who took a chance on Scottie Pippen, who brought in Horace Grant, who made the trade for Rodman after they lost Grant, who went out and got Kukoc, who at the time – was the best player in Europe, got a guy in Ron Harper who was still not elite like he had been, but was still serviceable, and put pieces around like a Paxson or a Kerr or a B.J. Armstrong uh, who were very effective pieces around Michael. So Michael, when Michael wanted to go somewhere else, it wasn't because they were incompetent putting players around him. It was because he wanted more money. That's That's never been the issue with LeBron. Like, LeBron has always gotten the money he wanted. The The problem for LeBron has been he couldn't get anybody to go to Cleveland. Well, okay, Chicago's never gotten any free agents either, but with, I mean, which is interesting. But but Chicago drafted those guys. They drafted Scotty and Horace uh, before, and then they flipped Oakley for Cartwright, you know, uh, while Michael was still on the ascent. So you make a good point. I mean, LeBron never had a player like that. LeBron had to find players. Now, I think part of this difference, too, is the AAU culture. Like, you can't get around that. And, and as much as LeBron used to complain to be about the AAU culture, he's the ultimate product of it. Like, the AAU culture is, you know, everybody likes each other. Everybody's, you know, going to the same camps. Everybody gets recruited by the same agents. Uh, everybody, you know, is buddy-buddy. Is and, and look, I mean, again, Michael, uh, he can deny it all he wants. My, Michael basically kept Isaiah Thomas, who was the second-best point guard of his era, off of the dream team. Like, could you imagine LeBron doing that? Like, there's no way. LeBron likes all of them. Like, nah. is, is there a single – I'm trying to think. Is there a single star in the league that LeBron beefs with? Like, he beefed with Paul Pierce a little bit, right? There was that kind of ornery Boston thing. It was like the, the, the Draymond thing before Draymond signed with Rock Nation and everything was cool again. Uh, right. Right. And Steph, he had... I mean, Rock Nation, what am I saying? With, uh, with Clutch. Uh, with, with Clutch, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Durant, he worked out with in the offseason. 
right? Giannis and he are very complimentary of each other. I think the um, only one that he's not really that openly cool with is Steph. <laughs> right, but even with Steph, Steph, uh, he There's went no to respect though. They, they but he went to he went to bat for Steph with the whole Trump thing. Remember that that tweet was you know you yep. bum you know Steph. So he will get on the same side as him on social issues. I think there was jealousy LeBron had towards Steph, and I was around LeBron that year in Cleveland because what was turning was everybody loves Steph. And I, like I say, this is all about LeBron wanting to be loved. Jordan wouldn't have cared about that. Jordan, Jordan would have, I mean, you, know it's what I mean? you say that because you were saying earlier how like, you know, he will kind of look for reasons mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to feel slighted or to get that, to use it as motivation, which is not something that only he did, but he obviously took it to extreme levels. It actually kind of sounds like similar to what LeBron is doing, right? Like it's, Oh, these guys don't really don't really think uh, I'm as good as a hype, and like I feel like they, they, it's kind of a similar tactic. Well, he he's he's done that, but it doesn't it doesn't feel as natural for him. I you know another conversation I had with him. I remember being in San Antonio. I think this was year three, and it was another of those days that Skip Bayless was saying ridiculous freaking things. And well, I remember a lot of that Skip Bayless conversation right now. We're talking well, about no, but but it's different. But, but I think it is a different. I think it's a different conversation because I I don't think Skip Skip's doing it in a nuanced way. I th- I think we're trying to. I, I I this is not to disparage LeBron. I mean LeBron's the greatest athlete I've ever covered, and and he's I like I said I think he's a more well-rounded basketball player than 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 Michael Jordan. But mm-hmm. I'm just talking about mentality. I, I LeBron, you know, I remember him. Mentality saying, is what sets them apart. No. Yes, I, I think so. But I wonder, again, if their mentalities would have been different if they'd been in a different era. I guess that's my question. Because the way that Michael came up and, you know, Michael was not even, you know, when he went to North Carolina, like I said, he had to sit behind, wait his turn behind, you know, Kenny Smith and Worthy and Perkins as the star of that team. Like LeBron's never had to wait behind anybody. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a different thing. But I remember being in San Antonio and then we'll, we're going to get to some more stuff after the break. But I, I remember being in San Antonio, and uh, it was one of those days. And LeBron, the way the locker room, the visiting locker room was in San Antonio was you, you, LeBron's locker stall was real close to where you go in through the showers. So I remember LeBron came out, and I, just, I was shooting the shit with him just about, like, what had been out there about him that day. And he shakes his head and walks into, you know, the shower room and then walks back out and says to me, Someday I'm going to snap and laughed and walked out again. So he was internalizing. He internalizes all of it, all of it. Um, And I do think that that was a big thing that played into the 2011 finals. You know, we can never, we, I had Shane on the pod and I can't get, nobody can seem to explain what happened there. And I just think he internalized all that stuff the whole year. And it just, it, it just caught up with him. Similarly, in some ways you'll see, you'll watch this when you see the episode, to Jordan's sort of catharsis in a different way after his father was, was killed and he won the championship and that scene, which I never heard the audio for it before I had heard, I'd seen the scene, but I, I don't, I, Jay Adande said two so others said they'd never seen the audio, heard the audio for it before of him writhing in pain after winning the championship, you know, holding the trophy where this catharsis, I think LeBron was waiting for that cathartic moment in 2011 and it didn't happen. And it's, he internalized all of it. And that's why, you know, J.J. Barea, okay, and, and all of that is symbolic of him. Like, can you imagine, like, someone, the J.J. Barea equivalent in the Jordan era, 
I mean, who would that be? I, Scott Skiles, maybe? I don't know. Probably, probably Scott Skiles? Somebody like that. Okay, I'm just thinking maybe because of the hairline. Like Scott Skiles being on Jordan. And like, I mean, Jordan took Gary Payton being on him as a sign of disrespect. Like, you know, like what would Jordan have done to JJ, the J.J. Berea equivalent? And so I, I don't want to make this about basketball. I, I think, again, like I said, I, if I was starting a team and trying to build a team, I would consider LeBron over Jordan if I was playing with a certain kind of team, uh, with, with shooters and, and all that. I, I, might, I might look at LeBron first, but I just think in terms of mentality, it's different. All right, we're, we're going to touch on one more thing here after the break. I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And again, these days, everything's being done right by Zoom. It's being done, you know, telemedicine even. So I want to tell you about Dr. Jonathan Chung. You got to check out Keystone Chiropractic and Neuroplasticity, which is focused on low force, low force spinal adjustments and brain-based rehabilitation. They're getting great results with post-concussion syndrome, dizziness and vertigo, headaches, and chronic neck and back pain. You know, a lot of chiropractors and therapists want to see you three times a week for months, but Keystone has a treatment philosophy doing just enough to get you back to a normal life again. They're now offering, like I said, virtual rehab visits using video conferencing to assess and prescribe effective treatment protocols during the COVID-19 outbreak. Research shows that patients who get a supervised telemedicine rehab program can be just as effectively treated as an in-person visit for many of their pain conditions. If you mention five reasons, five reasons, all you got to do, you get a free 15-minute video or phone consultation, and you save 50% off your first virtual rehab session. The website is chiropractickeystone.com. Again, that's chiropractic keystone.com or reach out to Dr. Chung on, on social media. His Twitter is Dr. Jonathan Chung. Right, I want to touch on something with you here real quick before we go. Um, Wednesday is a big moment here for the heat. I don't know if you saw this today, but the city of Miami or maybe it was Miami Dade excluded one facility mm-hmm. from the COVID-19 rules. It's American airlines arena. And so Heat players can go back in and start working out this week in the team facility. It's been five or six weeks, I guess, since this has been the case. Jimmy Butler was sending them basketball hoops. Um, <laughs> Byers Letter was complaining about his. Uh, how, how do you take this? And, again, the weirdness of this to me is, you know, you're going to have some players here. Some players are in California. Um I don't know who's going to be there or not be there, but to you, is this promising at least? I mean, it's cool for them. Like, honestly, I I know they're going to be excited to be able to like get out of there and and be able to hoop again. Uh, As somebody who plays basketball myself, I was super excited when I heard about the parks reopening before I immediately realized that people wouldn't be able to handle it correctly. Uh, but no, I know for for sure these guys are excited to go out there and, and, and really actually play basketball and it's their life, you know, that's gotta be affecting them mentally too. They, they probably won't talk about it, but you got to think so. Right. And honestly, who knows if it gives them an edge basketball wise, but why not? Right. As they're probably not going to be playing with each other. They're probably going to be doing individual workouts. Mm-hmm. Why not? Well, I, I think some stuff's going to break out between them because it has to. I, I guess the, the only concern I would have, it's not even the, the overriding health concern, which obviously I have, and I saw that 
bunch of the Wisconsin protesters ended up with COVID. So, I mean, again, I, I think we're headed back towards a second wave and, you know, that's not oh, yeah. my expert opinion, but, but this is not uh, going to end well in my view um, with everything opening up. But, but I, I, I am a little curious too, to see like, if these guys start working out, like, how many of them are going to be out with a hamstring injury for a month? Like it's, it's going to be, not everybody's going to be on the same level. I, I know the heat have done a really good job of, you know, when we had uh, coach Ferran on a zoom call and he was showing us some of the exercises. And I think that's all great that they've gotten together, they've communicated, but I, I, I am, I'm a little concerned about it for the players because, you know, the longer you go without something, it's not just the physical stuff that slips, it's also you start to think, what am I doing this for? <laughs> because if it doesn't look like you're playing this season, and I just wonder if the loss of focus becomes problematic for anybody and, you know, maybe there, there's some setbacks here. But I, it's good that something's happening. Um, I saw the report, I don't know if it was Woj again, but somebody that, you know, the NBA is prepared to take this season all the way into October. Um, I know why they're prepared to do it. They need the TV money. So. Of all right. We talked about it. It's like that's exactly what we what we said would happen, right? Yes. As long as it takes, they're going to try to get something done. I, I yeah. but I don't think it's ultimately going to be up to them. I, I think what we're looking at, unfortunately, is that this country is opening up too quick, in too many places. There's going to be, uh, you know, like I said, a second wave. There's going to be increases in cases. Flu season. It's going to get shut down. Flu season's coming up. Uh, you know, you saw what happened in South Korea. They've done the best job of sort of tampering this thing down and then you know one person walked into a nightclub and everything shut down again I, I i don't i don't know that this can end up in a good place but you know we'll probably get some photos of them bouncing the ball around and i think people will be happy with that and we can talk about something other than tyler hero's ha haircut although oh, in the last in the last minute that's all we got i'm tired in the last minute do you believe in this whole Offended oh by the cultural appropriation thing that some people listen, man. This conversation isn't for us to have. Uh, <laughs> I would agree with that. Alf uh, would be the one to 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 chime in here, but luckily for the audience, uh, we already talked about this in the Miami Heat beat chat, and I we got Alf's opinion. So I'll just repeat it here, since he is more qualified to talk about it than I am. He he says he's not offended at all by it. That he's he kind of thinks it's ridiculous. He actually said that he thinks that it's like. Uh, it's it's almost embarrassing. It's like you're kind of looking down on on people for even assuming that people will be offended at that. And I get what he's saying, but I also think plenty of people are looking at that. And you know, cultural appropriation is a real thing. I think more likely than anything, it's probably just Tyler Hill being you know Jason Williams 2.0, where it's like he kind of absorbed the culture that he grew up around. And yeah, he's just kind of a you know hip. He's definitely inside the hip hop culture, the fashion culture. And he, he's all the way in, man. I definitely don't think he meant it in a bad way at all. And, you know, there's varying opinions about this. Yeah. I, I, again, I think Alf is more in tune. He did give some views on our chat too. I, we'll bring him on to talk about it. I do think it raises the question of who's the coolest white guy in, in, uh, in white American player in, in, in heat history. And I, I think our, our voters are too young because they voted for Tyler hero and there is no Insane. way in hell. It's not Jason Williams. I'm sorry. I voted and, Jason Williams as soon as I saw that. Uh, yeah. And, and Birdman is second by the way, but, but, uh, <laughs> but it's definitely J will. All right. Check out another RC sponsors the seltzer bayberg law firm one call legal.com one call legal.com spell it out o-n-e call legal.com they've got an attorney 
who will answer you um, for sure. If you go to the website 24 hours a day and they're based here in South Florida, but they've got lawyers and attorneys who can help you wherever you are all over the state. So onecalllegal.com, again, the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.